Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. On today's podcast, Dr. Aditi Paul joins me to discuss her new book, The Current Collegiate Hookup Culture. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I'm hoping you'll swipe right for today's Big Squid. Welcome to today's podcast. It's a really fun one too. Uh, Dr. Paul is a dating and relationships researcher. She's also a professor based in New York City. She's way too smart to be on this podcast. It's it's really overwhelming, but she is fantastic and she has used her dual background in technology and relationship science and used that to combine the two skills to examine how dating apps are transforming people's personal and sex lives. I know, it's a, it's a sexy chat. Dr. Paul is literally an expert in technology and relationships. So keep that in mind while she's talking to me, uh, someone who identifies as app and relationship curious at best. At best. Uh, I really enjoyed recording this. Not only is Dr. Paul crazy entertaining, but she also busts open some myths we might have held about the different generations and the world we live in now, especially in this post-lockdown world. It's a very fascinating world that we're entering, and I think you'll be surprised by some of her uh, research and some of the things that she has learned in the process. I'll swing by at the end of the podcast, but let's get straight into today's chat by bringing in the fantastic Dr. Aditi Paul. So I think you will find this amusing. I was telling some people I know that I was about to uh, be doing this interview with you and the response from everyone was, oh, that sounds interesting. Are you allowed to talk about that? And it's, I think they were mostly being funny, but I think there was also a hint of truth to it. And I wondered uh, when you were starting this, were you in any way kind of coming up against this uh, pushback of, you know, 
sex. It's, uh, you know, some people get a bit squeamish about it. Some people get uh, quite conservative about it. Uh, did you come up against that? And if so, how did you overcome those barriers? Um, I am the younger child of two. And whenever I did anything since I was a child, if my elder sister did it, I would take it as a permission that I could do it too. And we <laughs> used the same strategy when I was doing this research because I based my research completely on the gaps that were left by previous researchers. So they asked all the spicy questions. Um, that gave me the audacity or or it smoothed out the, the route that I took to measure all the variables that I measured in my study because I was not the first one talking about sex. Uh, I was not the first one talking about hookups because the the research on hookups or or college based sexual encounters started uh, in two th in the year two thousand. I mean, people were learning about how college students have sex before that, but this idea of hookups or casual sex. It's a 20 to 25 year old conversation. So I was not starting something that was radical. Like I wish I was that that much of a deviant human, but I'm, I'm honestly not. So <laughs> yeah. I rode in the shoulder of the sneaky giants that went before me and yeah. they paved the way for me to ask these questions and, and just, um, you know, address the gaps that they left and, and update it, if you may. It's interesting, isn't it? Because like uh, when everyone's in that age bracket, they, you know, they want to explore their sexuality and uh, how relationships work and they want to try, you know, I'm going to date this kind of person, I'm going to date that kind of person. And then there, there just seems to be a tipping point, doesn't there? And I wonder if it's just when you become a parent where you suddenly, uh, it seems like an age becomes deeply conservative about it. And and it's it's disappointing, isn't it, to a certain extent? Like, can't you be more open-minded and mm -hmm. still, you know, have moved on from that era in your life? Yeah, uh, we wish, right? I mean, right. Uh, the our teens and our young adult years are, of course, the years where we explore explore ourselves. And, and uh, I was doing some research on it, and it's called emerging adulthood is what it is um and what has happened is this emerging adulthood this this age or the 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 age that we consider people to be in their emerging adulthood years seems to have shifted so maybe you and i uh had our emerging adulthood years between 18 to 24 but because of covid because of this huge reset that we had right. it's almost like the people who are in their 19s and 20s seem to have regressed, right? I mean, they're back in their parents' home. They are in the same <laughs> bedroom that they uh, spend their junior prom and senior prom in. So they might, they must have regressed. So their, their emerging adulthood years may have shifted a little bit where they're having delayed adulthood experiences. So when you do that, you have those experiences that we might have had in our 18, 19 year olds, they're having in the 20 to 24 year olds. So anyways, we were doing that, right? I mean, if you look at the statistics, the, the age at which people get married is shifting. Yeah. Uh, and you can attribute it to social factors, you can attribute it to medical factors, you can attribute it to financial factors, people are not getting married as soon as they would have, especially women, like our previous generation. So you add that together with this reset. So now you're getting adult individuals uh, who are exploring their, their sexuality, who are having fun with it because they're maturing at a delayed time. 
I had not even really thought about the COVID aspect of it. And uh, that is really fascinating to me because you're right. It's like just as uh, there's that very specific age where, you know, you're like 18, 19 and you're like, right, I'm going to go out. I'm going to meet people. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then two years later, they're like, oh, my Lord, I know everything about my parents and this is too much. (laughs) And now I have to do it. And it kind of comes with a... I guess with a different fervor, doesn't it? It comes with a different energy because now it's like, now I've got to go and kind of, rather than let it come to me, I've got to kind of go and look for it a little bit more, I guess. Is that right? I mean, are you are you saying that they're, now that they have come out of their cocoons, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a huge push for them to like go out and, and, and seek out these opportunities or seek out these exploratory experiences that would have earlier been handed to them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 You know, like it's rather than letting it come to you just as it would naturally. Now it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I guess you have to go and seek it a little bit more or maybe it's even uh, for some people, maybe it's even a little bit more daunting because you've Mm. maybe had too long to think about it as well, rather than let it just happen. I, uh, I'm, I'm a stand-up comedian, so I, a couple of years ago, uh, sorry, last year, I went and did a university gig, and it was a really fun gig, but, you know, like, I, at the time, I was 48, and the mm. audience is young, and I remember one girl's specific face for the whole half hour that I was on stage, and she was up the back, and she just looked so confused, because it was like, I've just spent all this time with my parents, and now one of my parents' friends is talking mm. at me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Oh, oh, I can I can just picture I can just picture her face. <laughs> she How did the that go? Did, 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 did they have a good laugh? The the gig was great, but she was the one I like there was about two hundred kids there and they were fantastic, but she was the one that I kept looking at and she was making me laugh so much because I looked at her and I was thinking, Yeah, I get it. Like yeah, I totally I, I get do, it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Like you did not sign up for this life. I, I, yeah. I totally understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I'm forty eight. I can't do anything about this. Uh, so As a on the on behalf of the entire generation, I apologize. Like <laughs> Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, I, I get that expression. I totally understand. Yeah. Oh, so, trust me, I get that too. Oh, do you? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. So, oh yeah. So, so where did uh, this project start? What was the uh, germination point for you to kick off with this? Mm. I uh, the germination point were my was my apartment. <laughs> I right. was um, uh, luckily uh, the the last day. I, I still remember this was two thousand twenty. It just sounds funny. I know that it's two years away, but like it seems time is time is a concept right now. But um, <laughs> uh, my, my university is in New York. So our university shut down. And I checked out this last book from the library. How nerdy am I that I'm talking about checking out library books before Love the it. pandemic? Love it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna own it. So and, and that and that book was uh, American hookup the new culture of sex on campus and i picked up another book to increase my nerdiness it's boys uh, and sex by peggy orenstein how how we think boys uh, interact with the idea of sex or like how we think they do so i picked up these two books and uh when i was reading the first one that is american hookup the new culture of sex on campus it's it's a brilliantly written book it talks about how like you said um how 
the four years of college or university is a wild party where you know as a student that this is the time that you can enjoy you have a market cap so you, yeah. you you're going to optimize this so she talks about this the researcher talks about how uh, women dress up and they go to parties and how men are there and how they grind on each other uh, do you know about grinding <laughs> yeah. I can educate I do. you about grinding yeah, look at you in with the times I'm in with the times do you want to explain for people who might not know what grinding is I'm curious how you know what grinding is <laughs> well isn't isn't grinding just you know uh, clothes on kind of you know almost uh, making out simulating sex but not actually having sex Yes, or have I got that completely wrong? You have you have that right, but like in yeah. what setting? In what setting? Like usually, like not in front of people. Like, isn't it? Oh, like- so you're you're thinking about dry humping? So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am thinking about dry humping, but you're uh, thinking yes. about dry humping. So grinding is uh, a, a dance that happens at college parties where. Oh women's butts are on men's pelvises and they're grinding on each other so that's grinding right uh, and and i remember seeing this in 2010 when i came from the us from came, came from india to the us as a phd student not helping my nerdiness uh, and i saw <laughs> and went to bars and i saw like people just dancing like that i'm like what is what is happening and that's the way college kids dance i don't know what's happened at the bars right now because a i am not 21 anymore and b uh the college bars in new york city are not are not i mean i haven't seen any of these like college college bars so i don't know i'm I'm outside of that realm but that's what happens so kids get drunk they grind on each other sometimes they just like the women are just approached by guys from the back and the women don't even know how the guy looks so they look at their women friends to see if the guy is hot or not and if they are she turns around if she's inebriated enough and if she is uh, turned on enough and they make out and if it if it gets too charged up they go to the guy's or girl's private place and they have sex so this was right. the setup right of right what a conventional hookup was and i'm like this is great i mean this is what i have seen this is what i know but then my research has always been in online dating and i'm thinking wait a minute where is the conversation around apps like how are dating apps affecting this already existing culture on campuses and we're talking about a predominantly heterosexual hookups now and we're talking about white hookups what about hookups of minorities sexual minorities what about hookups of um racial minorities right so where are those variables at play so dating apps racial minority sexual minority these are some of the gaps that i started identifying um and that's led that led me to asking all these questions that okay now that we have dating apps as this player uh in a culture of sex is that igniting it putting in flames um and how is it or is it making space for um non-conventional or or audiences that were in the minority in college campuses so we're talking about racial minority we're talking about women we're talking about lgb community we're talking about international students right um so those those were some of the gaps that i started noticing and i and i filled it in with my study you know, I find uh, the whole dating app thing uh, to be fascinating in itself because I've never been on them. I've never, uh, you know, as you know, I'm 
quite clearly in my late 40s. But even when my friends were getting into it, I was always against the idea of an algorithm, uh, you know, setting you up with someone. I'm not against other people using them, but just because, you know, we might both like basketball, it doesn't mean we like basketball for the same reasons. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, it was always, it always seems like it was a, a flattening out of your right. interests into mm-hmm. dot points rather than uh, the emotional connection to that you have to those things. Uh, so just even uh, hearing everything that you were saying then, it was like, oh my Lord, there's just this whole world that I haven't even thought about because I'm surface level. Uh, you know, conservative with the with the idea of that. So getting right into it, I guess there's a, been a real positivity as you were talking about with minorities, because maybe back before apps, it was harder to meet people, but now you can use the apps to find like-minded people uh, on campus. Is that correct? That is correct. And uh, you know, on online dating, online spaces in general has been has been the recluse or has been a space for different sorts of marginalized communities and i'm not talking about marginalized in terms of like oppression no 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 we're talking about specialized let's say communities or or lean markets as you may call it so for example if if you're muslim and you are liberal towards sex but you only want to hook up with people who are of the same religion where do you find them like do you go on and knock on people's head and was like, oh, do you believe in Islam? Like, no, we're, gonna, we're not going to do that. Um, or, or Christianity or, or whatever. Like, pick your, yeah. pick your, pick your category. Yeah. Um, things that are not that evident or things or, or categories that uh, are, not, are not the status quo in a, in a particular community. And that is important to you. Where do you find them? Well, then you have to go go to an algorithm. Talking about, you know, age-wise dating. I mean, online dating, one of the larger markets are uh, individuals who are of a certain age on the higher spectrum. And they are divorced, maybe. Like, they are re-entering, uh, you know, the, the, the life of dual intimacy. Uh, these are people who you don't just meet willy-nilly on the street. So you have yeah. to resort to the filters that an algorithm provides. Um, the other day, I, I went for a, a campus interview, and um, the chances of her listening to it is very slim. So like, I'm just going to say it. Not that it's it's not a popular podcast. <laughs> it's just like, she, I don't think she will. Uh, <laughs> a, it's okay. There's a lot of podcasts out there. We I think we're going to be okay. She's in the middle of America. I don't know. Is your yeah. podcast going there? Like you'll tell me through the analytics. So she she said that she matched with. She's a lesbian woman, um, and she is in in a in a mid, in in a very small town in Middle America, and she has divorced her partner, and she's in her like fifties. So she right. met somebody who she really vibed with who lives in another state where they have to drive two hours to go there. What are the chances of her finding a compatible partner of that sexual orientation in that place at that age, if not for dating apps? So we really have to ask the question, when we're asking these questions, is it beneficial for somebody? Well, who do you have in mind? Who do you have in mind? but on the other hand, for people who do belong to the status quo, 
they are just they have their own sets of problems where college students they are on multiple dating apps they are on multiple dating apps for multiple reasons some of them want to get over their ex-boyfriend uh some of them have taken a really good picture and want to feel validated um some of them want to just have a good time during the talking phase some of them want to have sex some of them want to have a relationship it's it's a playground for them and there's a lot of lot of burnout in in dating apps for sure yeah yeah a good friend of mine is uh uh, you know recently divorced and not that old uh you know still in her 30s and uh Look, I have to be honest. The uh, the the monthly calls I get from her, she lives in another city. <laughs> she gives me updates as to what's been going on. It's amazing the the way things can unravel in in such uh, like not not terrible ways, but just interesting. Like she had one guy who. Uh, you know, my friend just said, hey, uh, are you dating anyone else? It's it's completely fine, but uh, I'm just curious because it's just good to know this is only our second date. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ended up uh, after that uh, calling it off by text because he saw it as really intrusive to be asking her that. And that's after she went out of her way to say, I'm just curious, like, you know, I'm just trying to get yeah. a handle on where we're at. And, you know, she was yeah. still kind of mulling over other people as wow. well. And just that... Just that level of honesty. He saw it as a real affront. And uh, I I told her, I thought it actually worked out well that he called it off now. Because imagine if if he's going to get offended by that, imagine what he was going to get offended by later. Oh my gosh, yes. I, again, I all my sentences start like that where I saw this meme and I saw this TikTok. I saw this TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where this where this guy is like he says dating in 2022 is like, you know, you're not the only one. You just hope you're the favorite one. And and right. <laughs> you felt that. And I'm like, this is, yeah, because what is, what is, um, what do you call that exclusivity anymore, especially in the dating phase? Um, yeah. and, and, I, and I give it up to your friend for having such a, such a healthy perspective. Like, you know, on, in the books, we can all like aspire to be that, but to actually do that in real life, that requires a certain set of sense of detachment and self self security yeah. uh, to to even ask that question and say, hey, uh, just want to be transparent. Um, do you have anybody else? And if you do, it's okay. I just want to know. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you know more than more than honesty. We are we are just becoming very non-confrontational. Uh, that's mm. something that um, that I read this read in this book uh, called "Reclaiming Conversations" by now it's a great Sherry Turkle. There you go, "Reclaiming Conversations" by Sherry Turkle, and she talks about she she, she her her entire premise of the, of the book is that the digital technology with everything that it gives us is great. Uh, it's also compromising certain human characteristics or certain human human abilities that we need to have for growth. And one of them is being uncomfortable during conversations. When, right. when me and you, we are having a conversation and let's say you, I mean, you, you've been in situations where you've said a joke and it, it's fallen flat. No, and, never, never, and, never <laughs> happened. Just have no... I understand the concept, but it's <laughs> firecracker. See, this is this is what I'm talking about. Like, I made an assumption about you didn't work. 
but the fact that you know we we can navigate we can navigate that discomfort without resorting to looking at our phone yeah. that that capacity or the ability to get bored or or the ability to have a face to face conversation not just like to have a face to face conversation but to navigate these like bits and bobs the things it's like tango like these th- these moves that we don't see coming um and and to grow that skill set we kind of lost that because or we are losing that because you know digital communication has made it so easy for us to just cut the cords and and yeah. and uh and just pause and and now with like you know iphone with updates to unsend to edit we are we are forgetting the spontaneity or the awkwardness that's so inherent in human communication yeah, you know, something that you said uh, just really resonated with me, which is the ability to navigate boredom. And, you know, it, like it's not a bad thing to to get to a place with someone where you're a little bit like, well, I've kind of told all my stories and you've told all of your stories, uh, but I'm still enjoying hanging out. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to have to dig deep. I'm going to gonna have to go an extra layer down to kind of uh, pull this uh, situation out. You know, you just can't walk away. I wonder if it is um, uh, uh, something else that inspires in me is the ability to have a a conversation that's a disagreement that doesn't Mm. devolve into either shutting down or it turning into, you know, it's like you're speaking in all capital letters and size 26 Helvetica font at each other, you know, and I wonder if... It was very specific. Do you do that? (laughs) Look, it, it, it seems like that's what comes into my head anytime I end up in that situation. <laughs> but Helvetica <laughs> twenty seven. Yeah, just a very specific one. But the but I wonder if that's from social media as well, where mm. like people because people can attack you from any angle and, yeah. and it's nobody that you know, we've lost the ability to, you know, just come from different Disagree. opposing viewpoints and, and that's fine as well. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a uh, oh my gosh, it's 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 very tricky is what I can tell you. It's very tricky. Uh, and this is something that uh, I discussed in, in another podcast as well, where uh, the way we even select our sexual partners, I mean, think about the wild 60s and 70s and and even millennials. Like we, we were thrown into this this forest of technology without even right. knowing how to navigate it. And yeah. When we were when we were exploring our, our sexual uh, choices, we didn't really have things like, do you, are you pro-abortion or are you anti-abortion or are you this or are you that? Um, not to say that they are not they are not very important issues. They're absolutely crucial. Um, but since those choices were not in the forefront, we didn't register that. So yeah. I can talk in terms of like, you know, my 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 upbringing has been in India. So I have like an international and a national outlook toward what is happening in the U.S. And I can talk about how the culture in India has shifted because of, you know, the radicalization that happens through social media where I I identify as Hindu and I had Christian friends and I had Muslim friends. So we don't have racial diversity, but we for sure have linguistic diversity. We for sure have racial diversity. Um but when I was hanging out with my friends back then, I never thought of those things. 
like right. i never thought of the fact that this i'm hanging out with a muslim or a christian or a catholic friend or i'm hooking up with this guy no like we didn't think about that not to say that those issues were not important but those things have been militarized by social media by propaganda whatever you may call it now we look at the world through those filters and our sexual attractiveness or romantic attractiveness towards these pe- toward people who are an other based on whichever category we believe in is impeded because of that filter so in a way we are moving toward the future with very traditional values so we're fooled into believing that oh we are live in 2022 we have all this new technology but with heck a traditional values right. so what is progress right um in, in that way i i don't know if if this is a i don't think this is a healthy culture at all um we just need to be mindful of it and the pendulum has swung way to the left it's going to swing back to to the central point where we understand wait a minute this is not helping us as a collective and we go back to what we were right but for right now it seems it seems very dysfunctional well the arguments are too binary aren't they it's either yeah. you're against something or you're for something and oh, yeah. and and often most most topics are really nuanced and really yeah. really complicated and mm-hmm. uh, i i think uh uh i like i consider myself quite left in my way of thinking but i mm-hmm. hate i hate the uh the militant left and i hate the militant right and i Absolutely. think they cause so much trouble and mm-hmm. uh it, it, what the what the militant left uh really fails to do in my perspective is that it uh it comes up with good ideas and and you know ways of moving forward and then it uh pushes the con- uh probably the moderate right it pushes it towards mm. the 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 more militant side of it and then in the process gets caught up arguing amongst itself about you know I, I'm a feminist. No, you're not the right type of feminist. No, no, yeah. this is how a feminist is. And meanwhile, the right's becoming more and more uh, militant over here. And so it's just frustrating because we can make this progress. We've just got to keep the uh, lines of communication open and, and, and have empathy. You know, that seems to be the thing yeah. that's lost in yeah. discussion, the lack of empathy. Yeah, I, I, and I totally understand that. The other day, you know, Elon Musk put out this tweet. I don't know if you saw it where he... he made this argument that there was a central point uh yeah. and and picture like there's a line there's a central point and there is a right and a left so it's the, the right person is a right wing the left person is a left wing and then certain things happen and that midpoint has shifted toward the the side where even if you were uh oh yes shifted toward this side so a person who was previously left has become right now oh right and, right yeah so like and i thought that looks true and then immediately after that i send this to one of my uh, friends who does political communication and he's like this is this is not true this is uh the actual truth is and and another professor or another scholar who has done his research he put a citation and he said actually the midpoint has shifted in a way where previously left people uh previously right people have become even more radicalized so it's almost like because we are so we're so uh, 
egotistical about our viewpoints, uh, even if when we are wrong, just because we need to be right, we stay in the right. Yes. If that makes sense. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yes. So it's become highly, highly calcified and it just has become, it's become like this, this personality thing like don't make your entire identity uh that one opinion that you have you know we we are we're so multi-dimensional and nobody's a monolith like you we, there are 10 categories to think about in lives i cannot be the same person as you are in all those 10 categories doesn't mean right. that we cannot get along so long as the five core that i have matches with the five core that you have other right. than that we can like we can we can work around it and and it's not helping when you're meeting through dating apps that you're meeting through these filters right so if you see somebody who is really beautiful and gorgeous and and highly accomplished but you see that they are liberal while you're conservative you're like cannot get along with you now right. um when there are marriages that we see now that are democrat and republican marriages how did they work it out just this instant cancellation based on categories is 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 getting exhausting it's just it's exhausting. Was, it's just, it was it's just exhausting it was the key word i was thinking then as you were saying that so like, oh my god it's just so exhausting it's so tiring everyone's no. just you know on edge yeah. After yeah. the last few years, and uh, yeah. it's hard to find that middle ground. I, I feel like I've gotten uh, way too far away uh, from your work, <laughs> and I, there are questions that I wanted to ask you about that. Um, the uh, I, I'm curious, what was because you talk about some of the assumptions uh, that people have with uh, uh, the dating apps. I was wondering, uh, what assumption did you have going in? that mm. ended up being different. And it might even be an assumption that you didn't realize that you had. But once you started doing your research, you went, oh, okay, that, that took me by surprise. Mm. I thought dating apps were just like all the rave in college campuses. I thought like everybody's on a dating app. That was true. 75% of students are on dating apps. Like they've used one dating app at least in their lives. But only 25% of them said that they met their dating, their, their hookup partners through dating apps. So even when they have the chance of like having a casual fling, they are still resorting to 
they're already existing network in in schools and colleges so when i asked them who who's the last person where did you meet them 40% of them said that they met their last partner at a in the in their class or at a student club or something that happened within the college 25% of them said that they met their partner on dating app and out of those 25% 60% identified as lgbt individuals so this idea that online dating apps are like so popular among colleges that is the go to it's it's not and this alarm that we have going off in our head that oh my god kids have just forgotten how to meet face to face no no a majority of them are still meeting their partners face to face their communication might have become mediated but that inception the context in which they're meeting their partners face to face is still number 1 so that was that was interesting for me um and when we think about hookups and we think about casual sex um we're thinking in very stereotypical ways where we're thinking these guys must be like absolutely crazy drunk and they're having sloppy sex <laughs> that and 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 it's just so spontaneous that happens at college parties but dating app initiated hookups they are extremely planned they are planned nice. where this guy he's a gay individual he said he got lube he got condoms he uh dropped his uh location to his friend when he was going to hook up with this guy and i'm oh. like oh my gosh this is this is planned planned right so the spontaneity or the instances of drunk sex happening at, on dating apps very very low wow I didn't even think of the uh I feel like I keep saying this to you because this is also new to me. What a great idea of, you know, dropping the pin for your friend. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're like a, you you're not it, it it's it's not expecting the worst, but I'll Being be here. For it. Yeah. Just so you know, I'll be right yeah. here. Uh yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? So because um like I guess is uh well, well, first of all, why is there that Uh, view that the dating apps are leading to, you know, as you said, sloppy sex and these hookups. And how did that uh, uh, come about as the uh, as the idea when it's actually the opposite? Is that just uh, an older generation's fear of dating apps? It's it's the narrative around it. Um, yeah. You know, if you look at any any movies or any television shows, the way they show dating apps. are exactly that way there is this um what is that second uh, one night and two night stand or something there was a movie where mostly whenever when all the movies that you see on dating apps they're they kind of skew toward that narrative that it's just like a one off it's uh it's just casual it's it's a one night stand almost and then there is this idea that tinder is called a hookup app so it's almost like you know there in sydney if if i if i tell you this that like you know is there is there something like a a bar that has the reputation which is like a hookup spot like you just pick up people over there you have these cd bars right where people yeah. know that oh oh you're going into that bar that means this is going to happen right yeah in the same way like if you think think about tinder in that way where people think or assume that if you're on tinder then at least you're looking for something casual and that expectation can color the experience that you're having uh and i always say this that uh, when when students when i ask them this question that when you met this person through the dating app did you right swipe on this person thinking so that you right swiped on this person 
only to hook up and a majority of them said no like we didn't just go to tinder to just hook up we just happened to hook up from from tinder and what happens with tinder is you're meeting somebody who's a complete stranger so the stakes are very low and you've invested this time in talking to them even if they turn out to be dumb you're like let me just let me just get a bang out of this you know like let me just do right. something let me just right. enjoy myself physically if my emotional needs are not going to be met so in that way a lot of these like casual encounters turn into hookup encounters but not to say that they are going there only to bone no no yeah uh, yeah. First of all, I just need to point out, I have no idea where those bars are in Sydney. And if anyone would like to tell me, uh, that would be fantastic. But uh, you, so, you know, you were saying, it, uh, I guess uh, it, it is the narrative of movies and TV shows, isn't it? Yeah. Because that's mm-hmm. a more thrilling story to tell because yeah. what's an actual truthful story, it would not make a great movie. Oh, yeah. Went, went on a couple of dates on Tinder, met some interesting people. It didn't work out. Anyway. That's two yeah. hours. Thanks for yeah. your money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know you you have some of the stories. I, I saw it the other day. Like and and this is getting more common, where they're showing the reality of dating apps, where the 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 the, the talking phase in dating apps is so long, right? I mean, it's almost like think about it as um as a as a reality television show of endurance right i mean yeah. you start with 10,000 participants and the hurdles keep getting higher and higher and at the end of the day you have two people it's the same in dating apps where you have so many contenders and then you right swipe let's say out of 100 people you right swipe let's say argument's sake 70 people and after you right swipe 70 people maybe maybe like 30 of them say hi to you and you have a conversation out of those 30 maybe slim chances five are good conversations out of those five you're meeting two you've done all this work and out of those two one ghosts you so you know like it's or you ghost that person so you're playing against all these odds. So you've invested this much time just because they are not long-term boyfriend or girlfriend material? Like, do you not do anything? Because then what did I do for all this time? Um, and, and that leads to short-lived relationships, even if you didn't start it like that. Right, right. Yeah, you've, you've, uh, the, the reality TV idea is such a great analogy because it really is yeah. it's uh, yeah. uh <laughs> bringing it right down that's a lot of work that seems that's like a, a, an extraordinary amount of work yeah um you were saying uh in in your work the uh there's the question uh are lgbt students really more sexually liberal than straight students i thought that was a really interesting question because mm-hmm. i think uh i think if you don't think about it Mm-hmm. If you just ask that question, your immediate answer is, of course. Yeah. But, uh, and was that something that you were thinking when you went into it? And and have you been uh, disavowed of that thought? Or is it, uh, where is you that know, at? I I feel so, I feel so let down. I mean, I feel so let down as a straight female where we are at the bottom rung of sexual satisfaction. It's like, what are we even doing? Yes, to your answer, yes, LGB students are sexually more liberal than straight students. And the way I quantified sexual 
sex being sexually liberal is attitudinally and behaviorally so there is a sexual permissive scale that i administered i administered um sexual uh disgust scale uh i asked them how many times do they masturbate how many times do they watch porn how many sexual partners they've had so an aggregate of all those numbers across the board gay men and bisexual women uh gay men bisexual men and straight men pretty much like on the same on the same length but in terms of sexual liberalness in the women front bisexual women and lesbian women are leading the way straight women have sexually conservative attitudes they masturbate less and they are also the least likely to experience an orgasm in their last hookup so what that is, is happening that, that is, is devastating news that is just dev- like it's become a concerted decision for me right now to stay straight i'm like should i <laughs> should i is this god's way of telling me of of just not being straight anymore like <laughs> right yeah <laughs> like this is such a losing game at this point and i'm like what is happening i don't so, know what well, yeah. but what why why is that like why why are the women not experiencing uh, uh, an orgasm in hookups is it is it because uh is, is that is that on the the if they're heterosexual women is that because heterosexual men like maybe the blame's on them are they a bit useless is it a bit i you know and 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 i don't want to yes they are useless i'm <laughs> kidding <laughs> um at the same time you know i was just reading this today where where they where they said that uh feminism is not a fight against men it's a fight against patriarchy and patriarchy is a system um lots of women can propagate patriarchy just the same way men can support feminism and if you think about these gaps or these orgasm gaps in terms of those factors where to be honest with you i am a product of the millennial generation i may still have shards of patriarchal beliefs in me that i'm not questioning which have not been questioned by society yet right so for example the kind of scripts i grew up with was ones of sexual conservativeness right and when you do delve into um exploring your sexuality you're programmed into thinking that oh my gosh like i'm doing something that's out of the norm uh i shouldn't be like complaining or like my my needs are not not the highest right because i'm almost living outside the law so we i was not taught to put my sexual pleasure first so i didn't negotiate things that were happening in the bedroom but now those narratives are changing it changes with age it changes with time these women are still 18 to 24 year olds and our belief system doesn't shift so radically over 10 years so i would imagine they're still going through that phase where they are fighting against a sexual double standard that exists in society and still trying to make their space for themselves right um and and sometimes maybe they're not putting their sexual needs in front of them uh maybe they're not vocalizing it not to their fault because they don't know any better right. and it's only through experience that you learn that and i think it's it's just it's it's it, it's a false statement to say that men should just ask women should just say 
how comfortable are we talking about sex? I'd rather have sex than talk about sex. It's so cringy, right? So like to put all that onus on 18 to 24 year olds that, oh, you need to have sex. You need to explore yourselves. You need to talk about it. And you need to say if you haven't had an orgasm or not. Well, no, we, we have to give them time. So the experiences that they are having, especially women, is very reminiscent or it has echoes of patriarchal beliefs or patriarchal sex norms because why else okay you can still blame orgasm on on men right straight straight women blame the the onus on men not giving them an orgasm i understand that but why are straight women not masturbating Right. right. Why are we why are we not doing that? And again, I don't want to victimize the victim here, but to understand that we have these invisible scripts that we work with where even sexual exploration of oneself seems to be such a like a, like a behavior from the anarchy, right? right. So to to get to that position where I'm comfortable with my body, where I'm comfortable with my sexual agency, where the society supports my sexual agency, just like the support of cis men, it'll take time. Uh, but I hope that these results bring that to the forefront because very often we just live in denial thinking that, oh, I'm doing all the work. I'm, I'm progressive. Right. But your behaviors and your attitudes don't show that. It's crazy to not enjoy masturbation. Like it's literally, you know, something that you can do yeah, and have and the bed like, to yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's hundred percent satisfaction. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> it's it's it is it is it is that. So that that's something that was that was kind of alarming to me. Right. You know, it, it, even talking about uh, just sex in general can be so confronting for people. Even, like even with people that you know really mm-hmm. well. And uh, a story that I've. I, I've told a couple of friends. You, uh, so, just getting back a little bit. I don't know if you had this during COVID, but in lockdown, mm-hmm. I had a lot of memory dreams, and it's because I wasn't, uh, you know, out and about and touring and stuff like that. It was like I kept waking up from these dreams where I'd go, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, I completely forgot about that." And mm-hmm. one of those memory dreams, and and by the way, I found this story to be really funny, but. The friends that I told were kind of troubled by, and I'll be curious to know, feel free if I tell you this story, say, Justin, that's really troubling and you're an idiot. But so (laughs) when when I was younger, I used to play basketball. And when I was in my under 16s uh, basketball team, when I was 15, we used to play against the, the top women's team in under 20s and we used to just train against each other at our same club Uh, I was raised by a single mum I I get along well with women and I got along well with uh, the girls on that team and then they invited me to a party once and when I got there I was the only guy from my team and there were you know and it was hilarious because they just kind of were it was almost like a collection of big sisters that's uh, you know so anyway we're all hanging out and and i remember there was one girl in particular lucy who said to me and she said this in front of everyone she said now justin you are getting to six going to be 16 soon and i just want to give you some advice Mm. you are going to have nights where you want to hook up with a woman and you are going to want to make phone calls to women this is my advice masturbate first and then if you call that woman that means you actually really like her. And everyone burst out laughing and then she followed up with, I guarantee you'll never make that call. 
And I just think that's a, <laughs> I think it's a really funny story, and I think it's a really, you know, and not necessarily bad advice. And it was funny I telling this. I think it's this. great advice. I think yeah. it's great advice. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh my god, I'm going to give that to my nephew this time when I go and visit him. Yeah, um. <laughs> when he least expects it as well. Don't give any yeah. lead up. Just go just bang like, with listen. the advice. Yeah, just like masturbate, get get your sexual tension out, and if if you still if you still like this person, then then message them. It's the you're, same as like you know drunk texting your ex. I mean, is it you right. or is it the vodka? Like, yeah, you wake up yeah. in the morning and you still want to drunk. I mean, if you still want to text him, then then possibly you like you like the idea of going back, but. Sometimes it's just it's just our hormones. <laughs> it's just the hormones. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I should uh, get uh, to the end of. Uh, I should let you go. That's what I was trying to say. But uh, uh, there's so much uh, stuff here, and I've I've really loved uh, talking to you. Is there? Uh, I don't know quite what to ask you next because so much of it is really interesting. Um, is there anything that uh, we should uh, that you wanted to talk about that I've I've missed out, or is there any angle on your work? Or I'm um, putting you on the spot here, but the yeah, yeah, there is there is one um, sugar dating. If you want to talk about that, yes, I do. Please. <laughs> So tell me, tell me, like you know, I have I've quizzed you about dry humping. I'm, I I want to know what you know about sugar dating now. So, so I'm guessing. So I've never heard the term before. Uh, as uh, as someone who has to watch your sugar levels, even the word sugar <laughs> gets me up. But the it's uh, a trigger warning. It's a trigger. Yeah, it is. So <laughs> I, I'm guessing it's uh, goes back to sugar daddy, and it's mm-hmm. uh, young women maybe looking for older men to go on dates with them and the guy kind of uh, lavishing a lot of attention and making mm. it a special night? Is that, uh, am I in yeah. the right ballpark? You're in the right ballpark. It's it's essentially compensated dating. It's mostly like older men looking for younger women, if I may, if I may put it that way. The, the demand is higher than the supply sometimes. Um, that that has become quite the norm in college campuses. So when I did my research, I saw fourteen percent students said that they have used a sugar dating app. Um, it's oh, sorry, there's right there's an you, app. Oh, there are multiple apps. There are multiple apps. Right. So there's there's one um, which is like the big daddy of it all. It's called Seeking Arrangement, which is currently just called Seeking. There is one which which is What's Your Price. There is one which is Luke's or Lux. And um, sorry, what's your you, price? Is what's your price? It's just right on much. the nose, right? It's just on the nose. Um, it's and it's interesting. If you ever get a chance, like if you go to seekingarrangement.com or seeking, just look at the landing page and, and you'll see how they have packaged these sugar dating relationships. It's almost it's packaged in a way where they put you in a seat of empowerment where you were an older and you you were you were a, 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 an adult. You decide the terms of your relationship, yada, yada, yada. And sugar daddies are are not called sugar daddies they're called mentors or like benefactors and sugar babies are not called sugar babies they are ones who want to who are in ambitious individuals who like the finer things in life right. so it's packaged in a very empowering sort of narrative 
and the stereotypical way of thinking about sugar date sugar daddies and, and sugar dating is oh you'll have an older gentleman uh, or you're, you'll have an older man i don't know if he's going to be gentle or not but he's an older man and uh then you have younger women now what we see is there are sugar mamas as well and uh so sugar mamas looking for sugar babies who are men but also sugar daddies looking for gay men um so a lot of What? these college students are gay men who are partnering up with older men who might still be closeted and um and and the interaction between them is of a sexual nature but does not always have to be sex so what that means is you can send some racy pictures of yourself believe it or not some people make 500 on by sending pictures of their feet oh yeah um, so that's there um and when when i ask sugar babies like why do you why do you date sugar date uh common belief is that they will say there's such crippling debt college college is not cheap in the us it's like yeah. $140,000 or more um the narrative that they'd want us to believe these websites these sugar dating websites is it's like a financial relief program of sorts of college students that they are making all this money and they're paying off their debt they're not doing that uh their parents are taking care of it or the government or the or the bank loans are taking care of that what they are using their money for is discretionary expenses so looking good on instagram and you know just just flexing on the gram is what they say it's just living living enjoying life with the with the money that they make i look if i could get into anything if uh if i could make money from just taking photos of my feet i'd be totally up for that who wouldn't like, like seems <laughs> like a pretty good way to go right i'll just take a, a photo send way. it off Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great way. I I mean, I think it's 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 a good way to democratize uh, you know, sexual relations. I I would just make people aware like just be safe. Um and and you know, like Gen Z because they're digital natives, they've grown up with technology. They for example, like when when I talked about dropping the location. Like these are things that they do. So they're savvy. Uh what I would encourage them is to like hold on to that savviness that because there's such a power differential and there is such yeah. a there's such a dynamic um but not to say that they are they are in in a less powerful position because they too hold the gun on their sugar daddies and sugar mamas but they can leak them uh but they're not so there is a there is a level of uh trust uh but it can get predatorial is all I'm trying to say right right yeah. it's um a fascinating uh uh piece of work and uh, I've loved talking to you and uh, I would love to do more of it actually that's been really yeah. interesting and it's uh, it's uh, nice to be in a space where you can kind of talk about this stuff and and really explore these ideas um with people uh, listening to this podcast where can they find you where can they find your work Oh please find me I I I would encourage you to not buy my book I'm going to tell you that because the book is uh, uh priced at $95 
please save those $95. You don't have to buy my book. <laughs> Ask your library to buy my book. That's what I right. would suggest that you do. Ask your library to buy my book. And if you do want to support me, I am on Instagram. I'm on Twitter uh, with the handle I am Aditi Paul, A-D-I-T-I-P-A-U-L. And I'm on LinkedIn with Dr. Aditi Paul. Uh, I have my website, draditipaul.com. Please reach out. Let me know if you agree with something that I said. Reach out. If you don't agree with something that I said that does not hold true for the Australian audience, I would love to hear from you. So please reach out. Oh, yeah. I have some uh, really uh, fun and interesting uh, listeners. So I will not be surprised if you get in touch with me and say, I just heard from blah, blah, blah. And I'll go, oh, yeah, no, that was one of the ones I thought might reach yeah. out. So, oh, I'm so excited. Oh, thank you yeah. so much for having me. No worries. That was fantastic. Thank you, Aditi. Big thank you to Dr. Paul for this fun podcast. What a treat to have her on as a guest and hopefully we can find some time to have her come back and answer more questions about just what is going on out there. Yeah, um, Look, I haven't run this past her, but maybe I should let you ask the questions next time. Hmm. Uh, I'll have to have a think about that one. That seems like a pretty good idea. I wonder if she'd be up for it. I hope she'd be up for it. That was fun. I'd like to get her back on on a regular basis. Uh, Remember, over at bigsquidpod.com, you can find my Dispatches from the Fury Road blog with the latest about the season finale of HBO's Barry. And more so, what does a creator owe their audience? I personally love season three. I thought it was the best of them so far. I've loved it since the first series. But I know some people weren't into the darker turn it took along the line here. Uh... I can't say that that's incorrect, you know, because everyone's taste is their taste, but uh, it made sense to me. Like, it, it always seemed like a darker show, and uh, and it was also still funny. But anyway, that was the inspiration for the new blog, so you can find that over at the site. Also, over at Patreon, you can access bonus podcasts, articles, scripts, and more. Uh, I recently, uh, last weekend, uploaded a whole lot of bonus material for the Dogs in Space episode uh, that uh, Garth and I had for Pass the Ammo. Uh, I really love that film, so there's a lot of extra things there that uh, uh, I've put up so you can have access to them. Uh, if you think something like that might appeal to you, if you feel like you're not getting enough of me in your life, head to patreon.com forward slash Hamilton underscore Big Squid to find a tier that suits you. If you'd like to support our work, but money is tough, and I do understand that money is, you know, 2022. It's, it's a lot of work, and it is a very challenging year for a lot of us. So uh, you can still help out by giving us a top review on Apple Podcasts, or you know what, just even word of mouth is pretty fantastic. And just listening to the podcast, that's great too. So thank you. Uh, Once again, uh, I really appreciate you listening. I'll be back next week with a new Deep Dive Director episode. It is David Lynch's delightful film, The Straight Story. Yeah, I know. I just used the adjective delightful. And yes, it's about a David Lynch film. I know. Some of you are probably thinking, I don't know if I trust you on this, but uh, you should. It is a completely and utterly delightful film. And if you haven't seen it, uh, you know, go and check it out. Go and check it out before the podcast or wait for the podcast and then hopefully we'll win you over. This is just such a sweet film. I really loved it. And uh, we also have a return from an old friend of the podcast who hasn't been on for a while. So keep an eye out for that. I hope you're well and I hope you're having a good time with loved ones and friends. Until then. Thank you.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.